Hello and welcome. We're Safe Sport International, a global charity dedicated to empowering children and adults to experience sport in an inclusive and safe environment. We are passionate and experienced global safeguarding leaders with a vision to end all forms of non-accidental violence, abuse and exploitation in sport. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Marcella Leonard. This is the third of a series of podcasts of which I'm doing with Kat Craig, the CEO of Athlete. Over the last two podcasts, we talked about the challenges of advocacy. And in the second one, we took a look at um, what were the challenges in particular for individuals and groups developing an advocacy approach. This time within this podcast, what we're going to do is take a look at how can organizations effectively respond to advocacy? How can they create a safe environment to hear those voices and how they can benefit from advocacy? Hello, Kat. You're very welcome to join me again. How are you today? I'm great, Marcella. Thank you so much for having me back. And I'm really excited to speak with you about how organizations can really benefit from the advocacy um, that is brought to their doorstep. So I suppose starting off um, for for you, Kat, and certainly from your incredible experience in, in the whole world of social change, for you, what would you say are the are those biggest challenges for organizations being able to open their ears um, to hearing advocacy and responding in an appropriate way? What are those, what for you are those significant challenges? Well, I think that's exactly right. There is an early challenge around acknowledging the value of diverse voices. And I think the starting point has to be kind of clear leadership on this. Um, One of the things that I find fascinating as someone who plays a lot of sport, but absolutely not at an elite level and never could, even if I had tried really, really hard, um, the, the benefit that I gained from sport was this growth mindset that, you know, the thing that I am now is not the thing that I will always be. And if I decide that I want to work at something and that it's important enough to me, I can improve. Um, and that, you know, sometimes you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, right? There is still progress to be made. So those are big personal life kind of philosophies that I try and live by. And I think, It's interesting to see that for many sporting institutions, even though sport carries this wonderful ability to teach growth mindset, they often don't have that in an institutional sense, right? Institutions can be quite small C conservative um, and resistant to change. And I think for me, the key piece of advice that I would give to people is that if you look at the trends societally, There is a different expectation on sport now. And really, this is a a wonderful moment, an opportunity to be a front runner and a leader in how you tackle some of these big social issues that are brought to you by advocates or or be left behind. It really is becoming quite a stark choice for people. So absolutely, I acknowledge that sometimes there are difficulties also in resources and other things like that. But I think starting off by really reflecting on the opportunities for change uh, through acknowledging the value of diverse voices. And for, for many institutions, that's about leading by example. Those organizations that I think have done a really great job at adapting to these changing circumstances have shown commitment from the top down and uh, 
have inspired their institutions to kind of embody a new organizational culture. And part of that is communicating clearly what that culture looks like and why it's important. You know, it is really important to us as ex-sports body that going forward, we recognize that there are particular risks associated with playing sport and that we always place the welfare of our athletes above the number of medals that they win. You know, those are kind of clear indicators and markers. And then when staff um, and employees and others in the institution demonstrate the the desired behaviors who demonstrate a a commitment to those values that we recognize and, and encourage that. So I think acknowledging the value of diverse voices and then leading by example within institutions to show that change and adapting to those new values uh, and hearing those voices will be will be acknowledged in a positive way. I think, Kat, uh, you know, again, uh, incredible and um, really key points there that you're talking about. And I think for me, there's something about, particularly if we link back into our, our second podcast where we had talked about I suppose the emotional impact on individuals and groups trying to create and have an advocate voice within an organization. And if we think about athletes trying to create that advocacy voice within a sports organization, when fundamentally they're also hoping to, if they are that elite athlete, to you know, to 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 be the best that they can be and, and sort of reach the pinnacle of their sport. So it's is that I suppose what we're saying here is, is that acknowledging the emotional impact it is for an individual or a group to actually create change in in their organization and create change within their sports organization alongside what needs to happen therefore in order to reduce that emotional impact what you're saying is we need the sports organization to have a leadership by example so that they can that there has to be a welcoming and I suppose in some way, and, uh, and an acknowledgement that we want to hear about diversity, we want to hear that voice, and um, that we are prepared to to just lift and take a look at, you know, what are we doing? Are we doing it as best that we can? And very much around, I suppose, there's the creating of safety to hear that diverse voice and leading from the top. Because then in some way, there's that individual coming forward in that group. Um, and if they're leading from the top, they're going to meet in the middle then. They're going to meet in the middle in terms of creating that change. From that, what is it that needs to be in place within that organization? I suppose what I'm thinking about is things like, you know, maybe, for example, training. So what, what, what do you think need, an organization needs to have in place to, if we've got that coming from the top down, approach that they want to hear diversity, they want to hear those diverse voices. What is it that they need to do, I suppose, Kat, to be able to implement that throughout the organization? Yeah, I think I think that's a really good question. And I think you've touched on a lot of the key elements of it. So I think once you acknowledge the value of advocacy and the voices that are coming to you, you must create a safe environment. That's right. You've you've touched on some of the concerns around retaliation. Um, but also just fear of not being heard, not being believed. We spoke about the emotional toll. And I think sports bodies can reflect carefully on um, what advocates are giving up, what they're sacrificing and what they're risking as they speak to sports bodies and then try and manage some of those risks. So that's the safe environment. You spoke about really hearing it and listening. I think there's there's actually some, some techniques and skills that are really valuable and don't come naturally to I was going to say all of us but frankly many of us it is innate in us as human beings right part of our survival drive is that we cast ourselves as the hero of our own story 
it is you know you know this from your from your counseling background i know it as a lawyer when you cross examine someone the reality is it's really difficult for people to objectively recount or, or, or narrate something that's happened because for our own sense of survival and our kind of ego we have to cast ourselves as the, the, the hero in our own story so learning to listen without defensiveness is a really really critical technique that I think sports bodies, many sports bodies really would, would benefit from. And in the course of that listening, really understanding what people's goals and motivations are, right? If you create a space where advocates feel that you're genuinely and genuinely trying to work with them to understand their goals and motivations, that safe that safe space is, is already your halfway there. And then I think engaging them, right, as part of solution builders. Again, we spoke about this a little bit in our last podcast, you know, we really want to make sure that if you, if you see value in advocates' expertise, that they're properly remunerated, rewarded in the same way that everybody else in the room is, but co-create solutions. I really genuinely have never seen an effective solution being built without consultation with those most directly impacted. In fact, I was talking to a survivor this morning and she told me this is, you know, if you're trying to build a really good IT system, you ask the hackers to help you, right? And in this situation, the advocates are our hackers. They're the people who found the faults in the system and who who understand where it goes wrong and they can help you build solutions. And then finally, you spoke a little bit about training and learning opportunities. And I think that's critical. I did some work around how to appropriately respond when someone reports sexual abuse to you in sport. And honestly, so many of the people on the course were predominantly young men because there's more men than women working in sport many of them work in sport because they're passionate about sport you know if you start a job as a person in the comms department of an international federation you probably didn't do it with the idea that you were going to have a really difficult conversation with someone who's reporting abuse to you so acknowledge that when we're looking at cultural shifts within organizations yes you lead from the front and we ask leadership to really inspire others but then you upskill them so that you're not putting policies and practices in place where people just can't keep up because that's really unfair on staff and employees. So lots of empathetic training. Marcella, you and I do this. We love a bit of vignette based learning, right? Give people practical examples so that they become familiar so that when a difficult situation lands on their doorstep, they're not kind of terrified or they don't freeze in that moment. But they go, aha, I recognize this one. I've done this before. Let me go back to my training. And then finally, always set targets, right? This is what sport is good at. So if we want to get better, we want to set those targets. We then want to monitor progress against those targets and see if we're actually hitting our goals and recognize that we probably won't always do that. So the monitoring process is also then learning how can we do better. It's the constant loop of understanding where there are good things in our systems and where there are flaws in our systems. And that comes right back to that growth mindset point from the beginning. Wow, so much there, um, Kat. And I think one of the things I'm going to pick up from you is really that critical thing that organizations need to also care for their staff who are going to be that person taking that phone call and who are going to be that frontline who may have to meet that advocate who is trying to bring across change and that if they're not supported properly, if they're not trained properly to identify it, 
And also that if they're also not trained to go, well, actually, if you're the first person, this person's going to try and tell something very, very difficult to, or indeed the first person who they're going to challenge something to, that actually that first response could be back to that emotional impact that we've talked about on on the second podcast. You've brought across a whole wealth of of information there for an organisation that needs to be in place. Summarising what you're saying is, what you're saying is is something about leadership, um, by example, very much valuing advocacy. And in order to value advocacy, there has to be a safe environment to do so. And creating safety for that diverse voice. But really, I think another important thing, and it's certainly within the whole world of social care, is about co-production. So really co-production is about having that advocate as part of the solution and genuinely partnership of the solution, not a tokenism which can happen. And therefore, in order for that to be a case, there has to be effective training and learning for staff within the organisation and setting targets, but also very much, again, going back to what are smart targets, you know, not creating sort of that we're going to change the world overnight, but very much meaningful targets that they can then monitor and keep a track on. Kat, can I thank you very much? That has just been so useful. Um, But also for me, even in terms of taking back into the world of social care, safeguarding, when persons are trying to make change within that, and that we need to recognise the impact on the individual, the impact on the organisation. But a couple of really core words there about diverse voices, creating safety, but also the wealth of how much better sports world will be if we actually are prepared to hear change and work with change together and how powerful social change can be, but that it takes effort and it takes um, investment in terms of resources as well. So thank you very much, Kat, for joining me. And really for me, I think the one thing about this podcast series that I've done with Kat, I've been absolutely delighted that she gave us our time, is really about recognising the impact of that. So please do, if you do uh, feel that some of the conversations we have had have in any way triggered you, please do go onto our website, safesportinternational.com, where you'll find details of further help, support nationally and internationally. Thank you for listening to the Safe Sport International podcast. You can find more information about our work and resources, including details of our annual conference at safesportinternational.com. If you've been affected by any of the topics covered in this episode, you can find details of help and support at safesportinternational.com forward slash getting help. Finally, please do help us spread the word about safeguarding in sport by leaving us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts.